Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code PULPMX. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOSports.com and ThorMX. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOSports.com RacerX podcast show presented by Thor MX. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This is a Phoenix Supercross wrap-up. I'm your host, the man with the most knowledge of anybody on this call. Uh, that would be me, Steve Mathis. Um, with me also to try to uh, compare to me in racing knowledge is uh, none other than Jason Thomas. I wouldn't say that trying to compare is a fair analysis, but... For the sake of your podcast, we'll go with it. And uh, Jason Wygant. Yeah, I really didn't have that as like a target, like for the dartboard here, like try to match Mathis. That is the goal. Well, uh, perhaps you two should have that. So Maybe that's just missing. It would yeah. be a quick game. What's that? It would be a quick game of darts. All right, let's get going. Phoenix, Supercross. Target, J- big target. Uh, ouch. JT, uh, first of all, I guess... Um, How's Germany? Uh, it was all right. It was just up and down, rough and tumble. Freaking! I think me and Regal were the only Americans that made it out of there without being injured. Honestly, it was crazy. Like, it, I don't know if it was just because the track was more technical, which it didn't really seem like it. But I don't know. There were a ton of injuries. Maybe everybody was just pushing so hard because there was a lot of money on the line or something. I'm not sure. But um, the attrition rate was crazy high. The big news was Ivan Tedesco heading over there. Uh, kind of a big name and a big deal. And uh, like you've told us a hundred times on the Pulp Show or on these podcasts, um, it does not matter how good you are when it goes to those Germany races. It's 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 uh, it's a different ball game, and Ivan found that out. Well, I wouldn't say it doesn't matter how good you are. You just can't use that as a, a broad scope and just say, okay, that's the best guy. He's going to win. It just doesn't work like right, that. Right, right. So... Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, Ivan hit the deck a few times, and I don't know. It's just a small track, and you're racing kind of against people instead of the track, you know? And um, it's almost like arena cross, but maybe a little bit even uh, more extreme. So, and, and I know that's your favorite word, why again, extreme. Um, but, uh, yeah, just, I, yeah, I hated to see him get hurt, which a lot of people did this weekend, but unfortunately, I guess it's part of the sport. I, um, you know, it sucks for me being with Wygant, JT, is every time I see him for the first time at a race, he looks at me and yells, this is Phoenix. And I'm always like, oh, dude, I got it. I got it. I got it. Um, he doesn't say I am Phoenix? I think he, maybe he said that a few times, too. Yeah, that was my favorite. I am Vert Ramp. Um, <laughs> I watched a little bit of it on the live stream, JT, and I have to say, uh, I watched the race where you lost to Siebler, Cole Siebler, and uh, I have to say that at the end of the whoops, he was like doubling after the end of the whoops into the left left hand turn. I felt like okay. I felt like that maybe was one spot where you were losing time. 
Okay. Well, I mean, it was honestly, yeah, that line was faster, but to be fair, it was kind of, uh, you had to kind of pick your spots. And I mean, he had a big get off, you know, over the weekend. It was just kind of like, I, I was trying to find lines I could do all weekend. And yeah, I agree. Like in our fast laps, you should have seen the stuff we were doing. We were pulling crazy jumps and combinations and all kinds of stuff that you just couldn't race that way. Right. So I don't know. I mean, and those are those are qualifiers anyway, so you're just trying to get through it and get to the final because if you go to the last chances, it's it's a real bad scene. So um, who won uh, the two nights? Who were the winners? There are three nights. Three nights. Um, yeah, the first night, I'm trying to think who won. Um, damn, oh, Cyril Cologne won, sorry. Cologne, yeah. Uh, Cologne, yeah, Cologne won the first night. I crashed as well as Steve crashed, but we both crashed. Uh, the first night, the second night, um, I'm going to take the claim for the win. It's not going to go down in the record books as I won, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I had it won. Um, they restarted us. We did like 65% of the race. They decided that wasn't enough. Uh, so they restarted us. I got, I had a bad gate picks. They restarted everything, original gate picks, everything. Uh, and I ended up third in that one, which, you know, if you just told me I got third for the night, I would be, that, that's great. But right. after the way the first one had gone and I had pulled away and, you know, the race was more or less over. Um, I was not, not a happy camper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and Dennis Ulrich ended up winning, who's a German kid who's kind of up and comer. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's a German, like, he's one of their best riders they have. You'll, you'll hear of him soon, for sure. He's just uh-huh. young. Uh, and then third, the third night, um, Regal finally won, which he's oh, had a rough go yeah, at it. He, he's had a really tough German Supercross series. Yeah, I think that was only his second final out of seven seven nights. Right. So, right. Uh, yeah, he got the whole shot, and then I I was like maybe seven or eight seconds back, so I couldn't really see him. But I know my pace was pretty decent, so he must have been riding well. Huh. And there uh, we go. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, you, it was a crazy weekend, man. Honestly, you know, with like ten or fifteen Americans starting, and I think two finished. <laughs> You can kind of see how it went. I mean, from Seaware to to Tedesco to Gavin Faith to you know on and on. Um, Morgan Berger to just trying to think. Pretty much all the um, Teddy Mayer. Every, all the Americans pretty much got hurt. So. Um, how'd you finish overall in the series? Uh, I think I'm trying. I was trying to figure it out. They didn't have it posted anywhere Sunday. But I know if I would have got one more spot, if I would have finished one spot higher, or if they just had given me the win Saturday, I would have gotten second in the championship. Oh, okay. But I, I think I got fourth. I think it was like two points between second and fourth. Hmm. So it's pretty, I mean, it didn't matter. There's no money or anything on the line, but whatever. I, they didn't even have it posted. It was really all about, it's all about the first place over there. So, hmm. Yeah. There's no series ending money? No, there's not. Only the, the champion gets like a, some kind of, Supermoto bike or something, and then that's it. There's nothing else, so it doesn't really matter. And Dragon he, rates, I guess. And even though this this podcast is sponsored by Thor MX, uh, how's things at uh, WPS? Uh, Fly I Racing? don't know the company you just mentioned, but here at uh, WPS Fly Racing, we're doing great. Okay, fantastic. Um, we've covered that, and uh, we thank those guys for your time. Absolutely, I thank them as well. Um, all right, Phoenix Wygant, um, Barsha won, and. We knew he would win. We we did the preseason podcast. I asked. We all thought he would win. Ping thought he would win. Our other guy that does these things. Um, but I think the relative ease that he won with was surprising. Yes. Yeah. Uh, even to 
him because I've never seen a dude win his first Supercross and be that nonchalant about it. Yeah. Like, it was so, I guess, inevitable, even in his mind, and I'm not even saying this like he's being cocky about it, but I think he just knew, oh, yeah, I'm going to win one of these eventually, so here it is. Right. Did it. Yeah, whole shot. Uh, and just I don't think I've ever seen a dude that relaxed after winning his first Supercross, ever. Yeah, that's true, huh? You know what? Even the Monster Cup, he was pretty... He, yeah, it wasn't crazy. He's got yeah. that chip on his shoulder, and it's a good thing, but he's got a chip on his shoulder. He knows he's good. Uh, he knows he should win, and he kind of expects it. I think it's not. that's not a chip. A chip okay, is... Okay, yeah, maybe not a chip. Like, it's not a chip. It's like he doesn't have anything on his shoulders. How about that? He has... Is the lightest shoulder. Like, a chip on the shoulder is, I'm going to win to show everybody I can win, to prove it. I don't think he even feels that pressure. Like, it's just like, yeah. well, yeah, I'm good. Right. And I'm not intimidated by any of these guys. I'm not even worried at all. Right. You agree, JT? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I do agree with that. And just, I had watched, rewatched the race last night just to, you know, prepare for this, and I could not believe how fast he was going, especially in the heat race. Um, yeah. I, I felt like he was riding really loose in the heat race. And, man, he was unreal fast, like doing big turndowns. And, man, I, I was really, really, really impressed with his riding on Saturday. It almost seemed like – tell me if you agree with this, JT. It almost seemed like in the heat race it wasn't even like he was riding for lap times. It looked like he was just trying to do crazy stuff, like he was over-jumping things, doing turndowns. I don't know if that was faster, but it just like – like what would you do if Verb was at your house doing a video? That's what I honestly, I felt like he was riding, like, yeah, like he would ride at home, and I felt like he was just right. trying to annihilate everyone. That, that's what it looked like to me. He was trying to go as fast as he possibly could to, I mean, he, he had the race won by, like, lap three. It was pretty much over. All he had to do was ride it out, and he laid it down. I mean, I couldn't believe how much he stretched it out on everyone and how comfortable he looked. I mean, he looked like he had been winning Supercross races for 10 years. I think the lesson in this, as always, is to uh, don't doubt six time. Don't doubt him. Well, yeah, that or that or understand how smart six time is to choose who to work with. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's get to some of the some of the the big guys um, and talk about that a little bit. Uh, Stewart uh, Wygant fastest uh qualifier won the heat race speaking to him though on the pulp show last night he said uh he got lucky winning that heat race he just got a start and if you look at the lap times from that heat race he he's kind of correct um so basically he's going to try to ride this thing out he he said he will need surgery but uh if you're Stewie I think it's a bit surprising that he hasn't pulled out already I, how many more races does he just do what he did before he pulls out he claims, yeah, especially he, he claims the he's not going to. already there. He already did it. Um, that's, that's what makes it even stranger. I mean, he's, he's faced this reality in 2008 and realized it wasn't going to work. So he already did pull out of the series. So it's, you know, the playbook's already there right in front of him. So I am really surprised um, if he says that this is something that's not going to ever get back to where it needs to without significant time off. I am surprised he's he's out there. And this is not a... Oh, you know, James Stewart, he gives up when he can't win. I just mean in general, you know, Carmichael did the same thing. Villapoto did the same thing. It's just the way it's done nowadays. Yeah. So yeah, not a I'm whole... not sure what the goal here is. JT, you, you, you know, I, I tore my ACL, and I got a meniscus problem. But 
let's face it, you're you're the you're the racer who's raced with. Uh, you don't still don't have an ACL, correct? Yeah, one of my knees, I don't. Right, correct. And and we don't know if James's problem is an ACL. We have no idea. But uh, on your knowledge of knee injuries and all the broad scope of knee injuries and things that James could have done by dabbing his foot, uh, what is your best guess what it is? And what is your best guess? Uh, and again, hopefully you stayed at a Holiday Inn last night. Uh, what's your best guess for recovery? And again, just, you know, we're, this is vague, but I thought right. maybe would be interesting to see, to maybe get your opinion on it. I, I'm kind of of the feeling that he has an injury um, like my, my knee now that has no ACL, where the initial injury was not good. It was, you know, really tender and unstable and, for me, it took a couple weeks where I could eat before I could even ride. So that makes me wonder if he actually injured it that day or if it was previously. Mm-hmm. Maybe he just kind of retweaked it that day, but it was already injured. Okay. Um, but you know, within two to three weeks, I would say more realistically, three to four weeks, I was back to where I felt like I was riding a hundred percent. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe walking around, it didn't feel that great, and I couldn't go running or anything like that. But when I rode and the adrenaline kicked in and you took, you know, like a, like a strong ibuprofen or something that dulled the pain, I, I didn't really notice it anymore. And uh, I think that's what James is hoping for and aiming for. And uh, it, it really honestly just depends because anyone who's had knee injuries can tell you that every single one is different. Mm-hmm. And no knee responds the same if you try to ride through it or... You know, some dislocate, some don't. Um, and, and I tried to, I've ridden through two of them through Supercross seasons, and my left one was nearly impossible. I mean, it would brought me to tears like every time I raced, and I couldn't ride well. I was pretty much terrible on the dirt bike. And, you know, versus my right one, it was just a completely different experience with the same injury. So uh, it, it's hard to predict where it's going to go from here for him, but I can tell you if it's like my right one, within a few weeks, I, I feel like we're going to see you know, the, right. the old James Stewart where he's riding to his potential. Uh, and I think that's what he's holding out hope for. And if that doesn't happen within the next few weeks, I would say two to two to three more weeks, then I would think that he'll have to make a fundamental change. But as of right now, I think well, he's just trying to see if that's going to happen. And his comment was, I will need surgery. So Yeah, exactly. I mean, to be 100% again, I'm, which I'm sure that's how he wants to go racing, you know, going down the line as far as future years. Yes, it makes sense to get it fixed. Um, but I think he's, you know, and, and I'm sure orthopedics he's talking to know, you know, exponentially more about this than I do. They're telling him the same thing where in a few weeks you may feel a lot better and it may not bother you and you may be able to win races again. Right. But but you may not, you know. Yep. So I think he's kind of holding back information and, and you know, doesn't yep. really know what to tell people because he doesn't know himself how it's going to respond. Right, right. Okay. Um... What about Ryan? You have to remember also what he's on, what, what's on the line for him a little bit here is that um, he's the only rider on that team. Um, so I'm sure that puts them in a bit of a rough spot. I've kind of heard that behind the scenes. I mean, you, you stick your neck out to go with a one-rider team. Didn't, didn't you even say that, Mathis? I mean, you're, you're rolling the dice. Yeah. Um, if you lose the guy and essentially practice before the first race of the year, that's rough on them. And he has his own gear line, <clears throat> and he's basically the sole representative for that. Like, that's a rough... To, to go on the shelf instantly, um, maybe that affects him a little bit. And say, you know what, let me at least go as far as I can to try to make this work for everybody involved. Man, can you imagine if the worst-case scenario comes true 
He needs surgery, pulls out a supercross in two, three more weeks, doesn't race the outdoors. I mean, that will now be basically three years of barely seeing James Stewart on the track. I think that's the point. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, not a pattern that you want to be in. No, for sure. no. 28 years old, um, trying to recapture, um, you know, your former magic after taking so, such a long time off, basically. So Right. So I think that's why he's taking a different approach than he might have three or four years ago. Right, right. Um, uh, okay, so uh, Ryan Villapoto probably should have got uh, third, but got a second. Crashed again. A light crash, but nevertheless a crash. Um what do we think, Wygant, about RV? Yeah, I know that he probably wouldn't have passed Kennard on that last lap, but um, he was still bad fast, and he was able to make up a little ground here and there on him. I think he was a, a little bit quicker. You know, he would have gone from a crash to third anyway. Um, I know apparently they're working on some things, you know, settings with the, the, the new SFF air fork and whatnot, but I still think it's all good. I, watching Villapoto ride... I still feel like there's a lethal potential that he could just figure this all out and it might not be as competitive as we think it is right now. I think it's all still right there in front of him to make that happen. Yeah, I think he gets one, and it, it's we could be looking at a little run, which he's done exactly. before. Yeah. Um, yeah. JT, business as usual for RV? No, no worries if you're him? Yeah, yeah. I think um, this is one of the things I was talking about, too, where you look back on – at the end of the season, you look back and say, "Where, man, where could I have made up that three-point gap? Where could I have made up that two points that I just lost the championship by? And stuff like Trey crashing and going from second to fifth and all that, man, you just look at that stuff and that's a big deal. Like, it doesn't seem like a big deal right now, but come Vegas, if the championship's super close, those are big points that yeah. you know, are just silly mistakes. And, and I know Trey's just coming back and stuff, but if, if Trey's not even involved and it's just still a photo, that's a huge two-point swing right there. Um, even you know that he, sorry, even Barsha goes from third to seventh or eighth or whatever at a one with what four laps left. In yeah, the end? exactly. Yeah, yeah. Those are those are big point swings, and this year I think it's it's going to be different because there's such parity that you're going to be able to make up big amounts of points like that because it's so deep. Right. But if you look at if you look at past results, that's a huge deal to lose five or six points in one little silly crash. Like that would be mm-hmm. detrimental back in the days when there was only two or three guys that could win the title. So it'll be interesting, as you see these little mistakes culminate throughout the season, you'll be able to look back and say, oh, yep, yep, there's two points there. There's a little tip over there that was four points. So I just like to keep track of this little stuff, and then you can kind of draw conclusions as to, you know, find out why your season turned out this way. Um, but yeah, but as to your question, Bill yes, Bill Photo was incredible. I mean, it, if you look at the lap times, which are up on racerxonline.com, his lap times were incredible. I mean, he was doing in the he was in the fifties, which nobody else was in the final. And uh, I mean, you look at Reed and guys in you know three, four, five, six, they're doing fifty twos. So <laughs> speed is obviously not an issue for him right now. It's just. You know, whether it's the bike or mentally or just being too anxious or whatever, once he sorts that out, uh, it looks like there's good days ahead. Yeah, and that's the thing that it's like, uh, this is the opportunity that you got to drive the nails as far into the coffin as you can and coughing up a few points here and there when he's having bad days might really come back to haunt you when he wins a bunch in a row, which I think is totally doable. And you'll wish you had a 20-point lead on him at one point instead of a 10-point lead. 
The uh, it's funny because the obviously James probably has the most to worry about. He's actually injured out of the big four, uh, and we seem to think that Villapoto has the um, least to worry about because he does look pretty fast. And but perhaps the guy with the most to worry about besides James, who is hurt, would be the guy that's the highest in the points. Uh, Chad Reed, uh, JT, your guy, uh, four four in two races, but uh, not doing the pulp show. Um, not doing a lot of interviews, lots of testing, tweeting about politics and racing being involved. Uh, what, in your estimation, is going on with, with Chad Reed? I don't know. I would throw Ryan Dungey into this mix as well. But, um, yeah, I, it's got to be bike settings and new, you know, new model bike and new suspension technology. That's, that's the only thing I can point to. Um, just because I, I know him really well, and if it's a if it's a problem with him, if it's you know he doesn't feel right or everything's perfect, but he's just not making it happen, uh, he acts very differently. He he takes a lot of blame for himself, and he knows when it's him. But I, I'm not getting that feeling, and his body language is not depicting that to me. Um, I just feel like right now they're not lost, but really unsure of what direction to go with the bike. And, uh, unfortunately, you know, this is happening this season, you know, this is kind of stuff that if it's going to happen, you want it to happen in November yeah. where you have tons and tons of time to, even if you can't make changes, you can order changes. You can have the factory make new parts that are whoever, you know, can, can make drastic changes, but mm-hmm. it's just tough right now. And I think that's, you know, you see like you, you made comments on Twitter and wherever, how he looks upset and stressed out. Well, had his hood on, no, man. He had his hood on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, rightfully so. This is like crunch time. This is like Wagon said. This is the time where, you know, he could be making up a lot of points on Villapoto or whatever. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's just not coming together. And I, I mean, you look at you look back, and four four is not the end of the world. It's actually not a no. horrible place to be with no. with how crazy the season's been. But I think he's just more worried about okay, when everybody's having a good weekend, I'm not going to be fourth right yeah. now the yeah. way I'm riding. No. You know? He's so been, he's looking at if if everything went well this weekend, I would be seventh or eighth, and I would be really struggling. So um, yeah. I, I just think he feels a real sense of urgency to get things worked out. And when you when you feel a sense of urgency to work something out, but you don't know the answer, that's uh, that's a stressful place to be. His uh, yeah, his four four has been fortunate. Get it four four fortunate. Um, why why again? Well, what say you? What do you think about this? I think it just depends on how far, <clears throat> how far off it is. I mean, you could there could be an easy silver lining to just say, well, the good thing is when I wasn't at my best, I still salvaged some pretty awesome points, and with a few settings here and there, we'll be right there. You know, that's better than I crashed and got 16th. You know, which happened to somebody else. So I guess it really comes down to how close he feels he is, and then I think that's what's telling the story. You know, if it was first race of the year, we're almost even last year. Chad started off okay in the first two races and by round three you could argue that he was the best guy going it seems like the difference is i don't think that he thinks that's going to happen that quickly this time so that's the bigger problem um i also know from talking to his team over there that you know obviously other guys on hondas aren't having problems at all but their theory on that is those guys don't even know the difference they don't even know better and barsha's not even in california he's just going back home his mechanic said, yeah, we changed a few things on the bike this week, and I guarantee you he wouldn't even notice the difference. So ignorance is bliss 
sometimes. I mean, Chad, more than anyone the last few years, you can almost trace a direct line when he gets a new part. You literally see the results and the lap times improve week to week. So if he's that bummed, he must know that that solution isn't coming in the mail today. That's a problem. Well, and, you know, obviously the message boards and tw- my Twitter and my email, and uh, and maybe I'm to blame for this too because I've been writing a little bit about it, but JT, uh, obviously a lot of talk, Air Forks, even an Air Shock, we've seen uh, lots of uh, debate about it. There's no question that uh, there's still testing needed for everybody. Can Chad just bolt on a pair of his uh, single-sided sp- spring forks and call it a day, or is it too political, do you think? I don't know the answer to that. I think there's definitely some politics going on just from, you know, the little bit of research I've done and, you know, stuff that anybody can look at. I I think there's obviously some issues going on there. Um, I don't know the complete story, uh, nor is it really any of my business, but um, it seems like there seems to be a little bit of a a power struggle going on. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I hope they – you know, can realize what's, you know, most important, whether it's, you know, they get it sorted. I think it's the future. So whether they have to use it this year or not, um, you know, what's the greater good? Is the greater good having a Honda at the front or is it, you know, we have to run the Air Fork or or whatever the situation is. So if it is politics, um, and I'm not saying it is, but if. Yeah, I don't know that either. I'm just guessing. If he can't do that, or, you know, he did it for that night show at Anaheim 1, I guess, but if he can't do that on the regular, uh, all I say is point to KTM, who uh, took off the air shock because uh, Ryan Dungey didn't like it anymore and put put, put a spring one back on. Um, Right, but, but, like, with all policies KTM, they're one of probably the most flexible factory there is. So it's a very, I think it's a very different situation. Uh, from their assembly line, you know, production lines to you know, yeah, yeah. Um, race no. team policies, they pretty much can do whatever they want. It seems like you, uh, you, you know, you're right. Uh, the funny thing is, is uh, you know, if if there is, and again, we don't know for sure, but we're speculating, which Mike Kenny Watson would make be very upset. But um, you know, they're using air forks on the race team, but and they're selling a production bike with air forks. But I, I, I don't know if they're trying to fool people. But the production forks are not like the ones that the race teams are using. They both have air, yes, but that's about where they where the difference uh, where, where it stops, where the similarities stop. So, I mean, even if but that that goes with the whole bike, though. Well, but <laughs> you still. take a production a production bike, and then you go over and look at Justin Barsha's bike. You could make that same case for every part on that bike. I guess, I guess. I'm just saying that uh, you know there there is the, the the fork they're running is not the fork that you can buy, to quote unquote. Brand new CRF with air forks, you know, so. which is which is not either normal either. I mean, uh, yeah. the, the spring loaded fork is different, completely different component system, different, you know, different size. Right. All everything is different sizes, different materials. Yeah. Literally everything is different. Yeah, but still, <laughs> right. I understand what you're saying. Right. If you're going to make it a, a political deal, it's not even the same actual part. Yeah. Um. What? Uh. Or JT. So you feel like Dungey. No, I don't want to say he's in trouble, but Dungey's got a lot to worry about. I wouldn't say what to worry about, but it certainly hadn't gone to well, plan. I wouldn't think him, so you, far. You brought his name up as you know. Well, I, I think it's the same same boat. You know, when we're talking about, you could really be putting a hurt on Villapoto's point series right now with two two weekends of crashes. You know, Dungey hasn't really capitalized either. You know, getting the last spot into the main event, then crashing in the first turn, and and he did ride very well to come back to seventh, but. Um, or 
Did you get seventh? Uh, correct? I think eighth. Got eighth. Yeah, got eighth. Okay, eighth. yeah. Getting back to eighth, um, you know, that's that's not an ideal weekend when everyone else is having problems. You will kind of want to be, you know, the one not. So, um, clearly, you know, things. I think some of the things that happened to him this weekend were out of his control. Uh, but, you know, he did crash on his own at the first race and then had his, had his issues this weekend. And he didn't honestly look like he was setting the world on fire in the last chance. Um, that was weird. That was weird. I mean, give credit to Albertson, um, who rode well, but that that was weird. Like, he, he just was – he could not pass him. Just could not get – Yeah, and, and you can tell – you can really tell someone's, uh, like, like, Ricky Carmichael's attitude about the whole last chance. He was – you could tell he was so frustrated with how Dungey was riding, and he couldn't even hide it. He couldn't even be objective about it. It was, you know, just seeping out of him, like, what are you doing still behind him? So – well, I, I don't know yeah. if that's really something to worry about, but certainly he needs to turn it around if he wants to win the championship, I would think. Hey, I was texting with Fro about the I, – I complimented him on the segment where he broke down the pass from Millsaps on Canard. Did you guys both see that? I thought, I thought that was pretty good. Um, and then he said, well, hey, if you have any other ideas, let me know. And then I launched into a little bit of a tirade about him not – them not knowing the guys, you know? Um, right. Right to him. Yeah, because hey, if I'm going to say it on one of these, I, you know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not yeah. going to be one of those guys. Um, you do I, love enemies. <laughs> I do. I hate Trey Kennard and I love enemies. Um, <laughs> no, I don't hate it. No, I don't love enemies. But I'm just going to, if I'm going to say it on one of these shows, I'm going to say it to a dude's face. And I mean, I softened a little bit by saying, hey, I think you guys need to maybe have a, you guys need to have a, a notes guy up there with you a little bit. Um, Isn't that Vito Forte, who is just as bad? Gary Hamblin. Um, <laughs> uh, Gary Hamblin. No, he called me Jason uh, Edwards at a Parts Unlimited dinner one time. He called you Jason Edwards, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, a rapper. <laughs> uh, Bevo is a spotter, but he does not have any direct. He he cannot speak to the now. He he talks to the director or producer, so he's um, totally different. Much role. to their chagrin. I, yeah, yeah, I'm sure he would add a lot of color and analysis. I'm watching the LCQ. And there is a privateer, Jimmy Albertson, um, HRT Honda, never gets mentioned, uh, struggled on the BTO team on a Suzuki, you know, came back from Europe. Uh, they did mention rides at Trey Kennard, didn't really expand on that. Um, nothing, nothing. It's, it's all about how dungy you can get by him. And I'm just like, if I'm the HRT owner, I'm like, yes, yes. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, let's... not to mention they do, they don't bring up Alex Ray, who was basically the talk of last week, other than the race winners or anything like that. It's like, uh, and I said with the whole shot, they they should have. I, I felt like they should have made mention of that, or maybe I know they probably didn't have it on film because nobody seemed to have it on film. But right. it just seemed like a perfect opportunity to bring up something about wow, the guys out front after you know yeah. being down on the track for five minutes last week. Weech, whose job is that? Whose job is that? Is it Ralph's job to lead them to the Albertson comments or and, and the Alex Ray comments? Whose job you know, is that? Um, I think in this sport, people are misled into saying that the and I know I'm going to sound bitter. I'm going to sound like this is a loaded answer to a loaded question, but they're always the the assumption is that the sport analysis and expertise on everyone comes from the color guys who have been ex pros. Yes, but if you watch most sports, the play by play guy is the one that gives you those human interest stories. He's the one that tells you what college they went to. He's the one who tells you their stats. The X-Pro usually only breaks down the play. 
gives you the X's and O's. It's usually on the play-by-play guy. And as JT mentioned last week, in most of those sports, they're being given notes. I even did that job at the X Games where I literally was handing them note cards from a binder that I spent three months making. But we're all making the argument that in this sport, it's small enough, there are few enough athletes where you should know it all. But I think it's going to sound horrible, but I think some of it does come down on the play-by-play guy, and I know it's going to sound like I'm just saying that, but... I mean, uh, look. I, I, just watch a football game. You'll note the play-by-play guy. We'll tell you what college they went to, what other teams they played for, et cetera. I was just waiting for more on Jimmy Albertson, who is riding terrific in front of Ryan Dungey. I was waiting to hear, give me a reason why this guy is up out in front, you know? Well, um, I'm going to give you another one. Oh, man, this is guy. How do you drag me into this? I should just mute my line during talk about TV. <laughs> I'm in a bad place right now, honest. It's making it worse. But. Have you watched the 250 LCQ? Yeah, I watched the whole thing twice. The 250 LCQ, Jason Anderson, who finished fourth in the main event last week. So maybe he has a shot at a title. Like, he's in contention, right? He got fourth, first race of the year. Makes him a contender. Crashes on You're the a little bit biased, but we'll go with it. <laughs> fourth. He's seven points out of the lead. He's the fourth best rider in, the, in this series. He I stand by my statement. The last turn of the LCQ and misses the main event. And what we hear is, oh, and Anderson has his issues. There goes Brian. Yeah, that was – I agree. That was pretty bad. I, I was thinking that I, this is at 6 a.m. and I'm deliriously watching the race on the computer in Germany, and I'm thinking the same thing. They're not going to make a bigger deal out of that? Like, <laughs> you know, one of the top teams, top riders in the, in the class just crashes in the last yet. lap of the – in the last spot. And they barely brought it up. It's not going to be in the main event. Like, right. yeah. I don't know. I'm yeah. just saying, like. With no pressure, no nothing. He just fell over. Uh, yeah. This, this podcast is going to turn into this weekly thing. And I don't want it to be. And I said to Me Fro. neither. And I said to Fro, hey, maybe. I just think you guys need somebody up there uh, who's quickly scribbling on a card. Albertson, Europe, failed in Europe, went to PTO, struggled, didn't make mains. Uh, private t- full privateer now, you know, something like that. Um, yeah, especially when you have a like six lap, pretty much job. feature on the guy. Yeah, there was nothing yeah. else going on. It was all Albertson the whole race, and and we know Dungey. And I feel like, you know, instead of being like, "Boy, Dungey sucks," how about, "Oh my God, is Albertson awesome?" Right? Yeah, it felt like more. All they did was pretty much Ricky was just kind of sulking about Dungey not making the pass sooner. That's what I felt like. Yeah, anyways. All right, let's, let's go on. Well, the reason we bring this up, the reason we say this is because it's not just because we're super fans or anything like that. Uh, when I did this job at ESPN for the X Games, the reason they do these things is because that adds to the enjoyment of the show for the viewing audience. Yes. If you just say this is some no-name guy winning, people are like, uh. But if you give his background, he was in Europe, he lost his ride there, he had a good ride last year, and he lost that. He's trying to struggle. He's trying to come back. He didn't race last week. He was sick. He's hanging on by a thread. And now he wins the LCQ. Suddenly the audience is like, sweet, I like that guy. That's awesome. I didn't even mention that, that he didn't race last week. Again, another great thing. He woke right. up in the morning, had a fever, couldn't race. Uh, this is his first race of the year. Uh, right. And how about- When I did the research for the X Games <clears throat> the last year, they had Supercross. Josh Grant won the race, and the whole thing that we kept hammering on was at this race last year josh grant's transmission broke and he destroyed himself he broke his talus bones and here he is coming back and winning Get, that's why you say that stuff to build that story 
That's why. What if you're the owner of HRT Honda and you have Politelli and Albertson, you're sinking all this money into the sport and you don't get mentioned? Your team, your rider does not get mentioned as a sponsor or anything. Like nothing. Just nothing. Crickets. Well, they could read the entry sheets. Where is that going to get you? <laughs> hey, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of entry sheets, is it a coincidence or what? They're, they're all fixed. They are fixed. They're that fi- is not a coincidence. I think it is. I don't think one week of ranting it would. We had to, I had to go on about Jeff Alessi for a year and a half before Gallagher said something. Um, you know what the riders. I think mean. I feel like it's way too coincidental. There's just no no way. Though as long as that problem has been going on with wrong cities, wrong states, wrong teams, no sponsors, the wrong bike brand, all caps, uh, the AMA screaming countries. Uh, there's just no way that we could make that big of a deal about it, and then the next weekend it's sick. I don't, I don't believe that. It's that time again. Thanks for listening to the Racer X podcast show. Brought to you by BTOsports.com. Presented by Thor MX. I appreciate it. Don't forget to click on the Amazon banner on PulpMX.com to help out PulpMX.com. We appreciate it. Listen to these commercials. Buy from these sponsors. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side. The Podcast Show is brought to you by BTOsports.com. Whether you are looking for new gear, helmets, boots, or you need to rebuild your bike from the ground up, BTO is your source for all of your motocross needs. As a proud sponsor of the BTO Sports KTM race team and the heart of the BTO Sports amateur motocross team, it is obvious that we are about more than being just a store. We support the sport that supports us. us. We at BTO Sports want to give back to you, the listener, for supporting us and the Racer X Podcast Show. Use coupon code Pulp MX when placing your order at btosports.com for a VIP listener discount. Certain brand restrictions will apply. For 2013, JT Racing enters its next generation with the all-new Evolve Light, ProTech, Enduro, and Limited Edition collections, taking quality and innovation to a whole new level. Also available in youth sizes, each collection is built with high-grade materials, offering its own unique characteristics to meet the demands of today's riders, both recreationally and competitively. To find a dealer or view the entire collection online, log on to JTRacingUSA.com. Championship proven. Many motocross apparel brands make that claim, but only Thor can back it up. As America's first motocross apparel brand, Thor has set the standard for delivering the highest quality performance racewear on the market for the past 45 years. With champions like Ryan Villapoto, Blake Baggett, and Dean Wilson, to name a few, our products truly are championship proven. To see all the new 2013 products, visit ThorMX.com or head to your local Thor Parts Unlimited dealer. Thor, the official racewear of Supercross. I mean, we still have some issues. RV was listed as a Honda. RV was listed oh, as really? a Honda. Uh, but that was Feld. That was more Feld, I think. Yeah, that came from the Feld press release. Yeah. But um, th- there's one guy. Was Malcolm not fixed? There was one guy that wasn't fixed. We, each, we, we, we made note of that. There was okay. one guy that was what? That wasn't fixed. His entry, his, his name, his entry, his uh, city and state were still jacked up. 
There was one guy, I think. Anyway. Yeah, well, well, I was kind of mad that they fixed it because, God, just the moments before Barsha finally wins one of these things, they remove New Jersey and add him, and change him to Florida. Come on! All caps New Jersey, too. Like, they're yelling at you that he's from New Jersey. That was our chance. Okay, uh, let's move on. Um, hey, did either one of you two read my observations column? I did. Okay. Yeah, it's my job too. Yes, I read it. Do you? Am I premature? Error, error, error No, premature. I don't. I don't want to know what you're going. Where you're going with this? I'm trying. <laughs> I was trying to make a premature uh, ejaculation Stop. slash error Stop. joke, <laughs> but you know, I said new era. Okay. Anyways, am I premature to call it a new era? We're, we're we're two races in only, and maybe I jumped the gun, but I really feel that way. Uh, what do you guys think, JT? Was I was I wrong? Am I off base? Doesn't it just seem <coughs> like there's Canard and Barsha and Millsaps looks great, and the four, of course, the four jerky guys. Um, I mean, uh, I don't know if it's a new era because those guys have been around. Canard won races three years ago, two two years ago. Excuse me. Um, it just seems like. Yeah, I mean, I understand what you're saying with Barsha, and obviously he's better than anyone could have predicted. Uh, to this point, but to say that it's a new era, I just think that the guys that are up front have been around too long. I know, but new era. But maybe this is it. Those four guys, and not so much Villapoto, but let's go with Dunge, Reed, and Stewie. Dunge's a veteran at this point. I feel like no, no. I'm saying those three guys. But how is that a new era if he's already a veteran? Because no, I'm saying they're not going to be winning. Oh, so who's going to be winning then? Just Kennard and Barsha? Uh, well, I mean, Dungey will get a win here and there, but... Uh, you just said he wouldn't be winning. Consistently. So Villapoto won't be winning either? No, I feel like you could say, you could put him in, the, uh, in that other class. Let's move on. What about Millsaps? Well, I, I feel like Millsaps can, yeah. I feel like he's a new guy. But he's not, in the, he's not a new era guy. No, but let's say he's a new uh, forerunner to the front. You know, he's won before, but now... But now Millsaps will be up there each and every single week with multiple wins. That's. I'll, I'll say this. I don't know if a new era is how I look at it. As more as there are more guys capable of winning now than we've ever had in history. Because I don't. I'm not ready, but in any mean way, shape, or form, to write off Reed or Dungey or any of the guys that have not. Okay. Into their potential so far, Stewart, uh, any of those guys. Why again? What do because, you? What's your thoughts? All right, JT, we got it. You don't like it, okay? Got it. Uh, why again? What do you think? We do have parity, but it is not a new era, and it amazes me how quickly people forget. Do you re- do you remember 2011? Was that lame? Was that a lame season when every week different guys were winning and the title was switching, the points team was switching hands nonstop? Was that not good? That wasn't parity. No, it was. So how is this year, this is the year we have parity, even though just two years ago, five of these riders that we're talking about, what, five of six, I guess you could add Millsaps and Barsha for now, but basically the same pack of dudes doing the same close racing for all 17 rounds just two years ago, how is this more parity than that? It's well, the same. we've almost added 50% more racers with the additions of, Mar- of Barsha and Millsaps. Yeah, but we've Millsaps, you can't add races. Millsaps. He's I'm been around. Kidding. He won races. Four years ago. Yes, but he is stepping. He has stepped it up. I agree. He stepped it back up. But he's. It's not like he's nah, he a was new never, person to the class. He was, he was he's never. Just ridden, he's ridden well the last two weeks. He was never. Reed has good. ridden poorly. You. You could. 
you know, if, if people sorted their bikes out and, and things changed, you could totally flip that script and you could have a completely different, you know, run down to results next weekend. Okay, cool. I'm completely wrong. Got it, guys. No, no, I just don't, a new era. I don't know Last that year, it's a new era. We had four winners in four rounds. Like, it's, this is just where we are now. So I will say there is parity now, but it is not this year starting this year. No way. Yeah, okay, fine. I'll, I'll, fine. I guess I'm full of shit. I, I, right, think, got it. I think if in the next few years, cool. I think you could be right. I, I do. I do think in the next few years you so could be right. Was with, with guys like Wilson, Tomac, when these guys come up, which Barsha is there. Barsha has, I, I think, the, the best news that Dean Wilson and Tomac and these guys have ever seen is what Barsha is doing because it gives them such confidence and promise going into their next couple of years. Look at what, you know, they're like, well, I raced Barsha the last few years. Look what he's doing. I can do that. So I do believe that in the next couple of years, you are going to see a changing of the guard so because I, guys like Reed are going to be moving out. Bill Poto and Dungey will still be in their prime, but you're going to have a whole new crew of elite status guys coming in. And then you may be able to say, well, it's a, it's a completely different year now that, you know, the new guys are here. So I, was, I just don't think it's happened yet. I was premature. I do think you went a little bit early. <laughs> No, I think you went late. It already happened. It already happened two years ago. Like, get it over with, Steve. Come on. We're done. So we're in kind of a refractory period in the era. Oh, my God. I'm so confused. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you, it was not premature. It was actually taking too long. Well, that's better, I think. I mean. I'd rather be that way. Cheap, right? Yeah. Tape is cheap. Depends on your perspective. Rolling. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I feel that for a long time, Carmichael, Reed, Stewart were putting up basically – Oh, boy, here comes the term. An impenetrable <laughs> wall where no matter who moved up, they could not. That was it. Those they, were the three guys. They, no were, one, they were pounding the racetracks. Yes. Yes. And But I feel like once Dungey and Villapoto finally broke through and were clearly their equal, in 2011 those guys were about as equal as you could throw a blanket over all of them and the impenetrable and premature ejaculation with a blanket thrown on them. Um, once that group was equal, it was like, okay, Whoever's next can join that group. Now it's Kennard. Now it's Barsha. Now it'll be whoever else is next. So I say 2011 is when the era changed. Listen, listen. I don't want to be anal about this, but I really feel like the next couple of years. Oh, anal in this see, now, jeez. I, I feel like that the the change will will happen. Well, I I did say something about uh, MC beating off RC. Yes. <laughs> Which I got a few tweets about. So. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on. Um, For two years, he beat off RC. <laughs> was that in his book? Was that in the wide open book? Yeah, it was a full confessional. You didn't oh. see that? Yeah, it was very, very, very intense moments. I just want to say it's been very fun doing these podcasts as we will all be fired. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Whatever credibility we just tried to have of a serious discussion of what should be mentioned on TV, we've just blown it. Yeah. Blown yeah, it. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's put, the, let's put those three guys on TV. Um, yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, we haven't even touched on the lights class, um, but let's let's finish up with the 450, I guess. Uh, what's what's going on, with Josh Grant? Why Grant? You are all things JGR. Brayton fell first turn, uh, bummer for him. Uh, but I feel like Grant is, and it's early, but Grant may be the disappointment of the series. He's gone backwards both weeks. Do you, do we know anything? Have you talked to any of those guys? Yeah, but I think the problem is, I mean, the first week obviously was not good at all. But I think you're going to just start seeing, you almost have to reset 
what a number of a good result is. I mean, we just established that there's seven dudes that can win races, right? So if you're like eighth, ninth, tenth, well, where, Dungey was eighth this weekend? Yeah. Dungey was eighth, right? So Dungey was eighth, and Stewart was seventh. <laughs> so it's almost like you have to reset what the standards are. Like, is Grant riding well enough to beat those, to beat off those guys in front of him? No. But you don't have to be that far off. Like, you don't have to be riding horrible to get ninth right now. Right. Um, no, Shorty. Shorty's in there. Weimer's had a couple of good races, uh, and he's barely been noticeable, to be honest. And yep. if Kevin Windham told me after A1 about how his 10th was, you know, so disappointing, and he, he what's his what's he going to say about his 11th, you know? Uh, and then there's Weston Pike. You know and then there's Weston Pike. He's a nihilist. <laughs> you know what was telling for me was, and I don't know if you guys even saw this, but uh, when James Stewart was passing Josh Grant, Grant kind of ran it in on him pretty hard right after the finish line jump. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the next corner, obviously, James um, was like, listen, guy, I'm going by here. Like, you know, and then kind of returned the favor. Um, so, obviously, they're having their little battle there. And then Villapoto is watching this whole deal. And he goes by both of them like, you know, they're going backwards. So it was just, yeah. to me, it was really telling. Like, James was like, listen, Josh, you need to get out of my way. I got to go. Yeah. And then Ryan was like, you got to go. You both need to get the hell out of the way. I'm out of here. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That was like, Bill Poto was just like on a whole different level than both of them. It was pretty impressive. And I know James dealing with an injury. It was just like, man, look at the different levels that these guys are at right now. Yeah. Man, uh, who's more impressive, Kennard or Millsaps? Why again? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna edge Canard ahead a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta I don't want to say any more about Millsaps because people are just gonna bag on me. But um, I think people forget how crazy the beginning of the year often is. We we see upsets at the beginning of the year. We see crazy things happen at the beginning of the year. Now Millsaps wasn't quite as good in Phoenix as he was in Anaheim. I don't want to become one of the you never believed in me, you're a doubter, blah, blah, blah. But um, I don't know if it's go- he's going to maintain that. Like, is he going to come back and win Anaheim 2? Is that in the cards? I don't know. I, I would agree. I would agree with the Canard thing. But only based on this weekend, um, in the heat race, I was really surprised at how much Barsha was able to get Millsaps. Mm-hmm. And, and then in the main event, I felt like Davey kind of, uh, dropped dropped back a little bit um, pace wise. I didn't feel like he had the pace that he did at Anaheim compared to those guys. Um, but I, I mean, he he put himself in great positions. He got starts both times and rode solid. I just didn't see the 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 speed advantage that I did at Anaheim, where he could, was able to come through the pack right. and pass people. He was just kind of he was on the pace, but it wasn't it wasn't this exactly the same kind of situation. So right. I, I was a little bit more impressed with Trey this weekend. Well, I meant sort of a overall thing through two races. Like, well, who's more? Yeah, I, I still would yeah. give it to okay. Trey, basically, well, because yeah. I think the first weekend was a wash between those two. Yes, yeah. Davey won, but it was right. you know you're right. splitting hairs. And then the second weekend, okay, I thought Trey was decidedly better. Um, I, I know you hate Trey Kennard, so this is a, a you know yeah. not a difficult question for you. I put Kennard. I put. I mean, in terms of being inspired, uh, I think Millsaps inspires me more. I think uh, Stewart inspires me more riding through injury. I think that uh, Justin Brayton's got a thumb injury, That's and he's fighting through that. Uh, Pike, you would be more inspired by the Viet Cong issue than you would 
Trey Kennard uh, right now. Weston Pike, uh, you know, against the world. He's a nihilist. So, um, all those guys are much more inspired. Brock Tickle, he's had. Why two- do you hate Weston Pike? <laughs> I said he's more inspiring than Trey Kennard. Oh, okay. Uh, that, okay. That makes sense. I know no. you hate Trey, so right. it's just a less, less of a hate. Yeah. Hey, uh, if you're Mike Genova right now, are you thinking about maybe just packing up and going, stay, going getting back into your hot tub uh, accessory business? Because, Possibly, yes. Uh, what do you think that do you think <laughs> that he rented the hot tub area at Chase Field? I was Ooh. wondering that. That was a perfect fit for him. I don't know. Yeah. What happened to that hot he tub? He could have had cigars and and chicks and all kinds of stuff. He could have like had a you know a title sponsor hot tub for the weekend. The year that uh, Yogi won, Tim Ferry third uh, on a Mathis tune machine. Uh, Randy Lawrence jumped in there or something. Um, I've not seen it since come into play i wonder if they took it the water out or what i don't know um hey why hey, again did you did you hear that i finally figured out why steve hates trey no no oh i don't yeah, know why I, I, it was a revelation last night uh, i think in my jet lag state you know your brain is a little bit altered and you m- may think outside the box yeah. i figured out that he is definitely the reason he's so uninspired and his hatred towards trey stems from the fact that him and timmy spend so much time together Oh, their, so. their relationship has caused a strain, and it has yeah. turned into bitterness towards Trey. Yeah, because to give Trey credit would then say that the situation him and Timmy is going very well, which would mean the relationship will probably continue. If you can keep shooting Yes, it's just down, a bitterness at how close Timmy and Trey are, which has turned into right. an outright hatred of Trey himself. It's basically, you know, if your chick starts dating another dude and you hear how awesome this other dude is all the time, you get pissed. I will have to beat Trey off um, to for for Fairy's love. Might as well. You've already done the Timmy enough. <laughs> um. So Alessi goes twenty twenty. Jake Canada is DNF by like Barbara Walters, and uh, and then disqualified. Tough start of the season for the Motor Concepts Smart Top Racing Team. Why can't? I'm very upset with myself. I know it's a long season preseason show. I thought Alessi would be the surprise of the year, but I should have. I tried to tell you. I know you did because I've heard the word Olin's mentioned in off-season circles before, and then I've seen the word Olin's not work when racing season. And it's usually followed by "oh shit," dude. Like last year, they had a whole team, and the team wasn't even the Olin's team halfway through the year. And somehow this disease manages to go supercross, motocross, and it even happened in my GNCC days. Because they don't get access to work stuff every year. Some team will be like, dude, we're getting Olin's, and it's like real work suspension. And by the first race of the year, what happened to that? Um, it didn't really we work. Sock stuff. <laughs> it, it worked for Carlerquist in like 83 and 84. <laughs> I, I think it worked outdoors pretty good. Um, no, you know, no, you can't say that. Are, are you guys being serious? I, I think, can't say no, that. No, I don't think right. it's Olin's. Mike Alessi no, gets no grade on his season. Not a passing one and not a failing one. Like, no, 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 yeah, I'm not blaming yeah, the 20th place finishes on it, but I should have, in general, like the Olins, I should have never said he was going to be surprised knowing he's on Olin's, regardless of how these first two races went. Like the Olin's, the Olin's stink, like there's just a stink to it. I, I mean, the track record is almost impeccable. Every time I've heard this, right. it never works out. The only thing that we needed was Olin's on the Rockstar Bills Pipe team, and that would have been just complete. Oh, Primal oh, Impulse? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and Jay Canada, what about the... What about that? JT, so they're checking your helmets as you're down there? 
Yeah, they do. And I've had the same problem, and I had to have a mechanic run back and grab my other helmet. How does it not um, in there? How does it not go in there? I mean, Jake was on Twitter, blamed himself, you know, 100%. He's not trying to – he's not pissed at anybody but himself. But how does that happen? Well, to be honest with you, how it happened to me was they charge you for him, and I really didn't want to spend a bunch of money on another one. Well, how much are we talking? Uh, I think I think they're only like 30 or 40 bucks, but I, I only need one. I just happened to grab the wrong helmet when I went down I for the night show. I didn't want to spend a bunch of money. Well, actually, I'm trying to appeal to Wygan here, so actually, never mind. Well, well, what <laughs> happens is so I, I really don't. JT, you know. <laughs> I didn't really agree with the fact that they mandated us using them, and then they also make you buy them. Like, it's a monopoly. You have to run this, but you also have to purchase this. It's like this, I, I don't it's really like, agree with that policy. It's like in Canada, you have to buy a transponder to get scored. You're, you sign right. up to race. Yes, I will race your series. Ah, but if you want to get scored... You need to buy this transponder, huh? What? Huh? Yeah, and, and it's, a, it's a safety issue, which, okay, we're going to protect you, but you can't race without it, and you must also purchase it. So it's just, I don't really agree with that stance. Um, but obviously there's no excuse for that level of a rider and that level of a team to not even, they should have had radios where they could get one in time. And I, I don't know. Right, it right. obviously wasn't a good situation. Um, what about the uh, what about the lights class? Let's talk about that. Um, it's early, but uh, Eli Tomac is right on pace. Like as we all said, that uh, he possibly wins six or or seven of these eight races. I think the thing's eight races, right? He's he, the he ate up Davalos like it was like no, it was so fast. He was like, oh cool, I'm in second. All right, you know what I mean? Like it, and we'll get to Davalos in a second here, but. Uh, Man, he looks good. Yeah, it was a second and a half a lap that he made up, I think, for two straight laps to catch him. I mean, and that's nothing to do with Davalos. He, he could almost do that to anyone. Right, so. yeah. So, he, he, he you know, Roxon, um rode well, but, yeah, what are you going to do, right, against uh, against an unstoppable force like Eli Tomac, who's, uh, whose dad is gnarly? Yeah, I think the only chance any of them have if, is to hole shut and Tomac get buried in the pack. But really, because like, they are fast enough to win, but it, they're going to need help. Right. Um, and Davalos, uh, wow, what a night for him. That could have been really bad, that crash, JT. I mean. Probably the the worst crash I've ever seen with the best result. I, I mean, I honestly, and I hate to even say it because it's such a, an I, ominous deal, but if he hits that berm like that, I don't know what happens. Like, I, I'm scared to think of the, the – consequences of him not hitting where he did uh does that make I, any sense i've got two crashes that come to mind a little better uh reed's millville crash as far as scary crashes getting up and uh carmichael ate shit in san diego in practice one time basically yeah Endo- i disagree i i think if 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 davos hits the berm at that angle and that speed i think it's maybe the worst crash i've ever i i do think it's the worst crash i've ever seen okay yeah, I mean, Chad was Chad's crash was really bad, don't get me wrong, but his body position was in a way that he was going to land, you know, with his feet first or something, not where he's just a human bullet into a wall. You understand what I'm saying? I just think that it wasn't just the height or the speed or anything. It was the way his body was positioned and the things that would have gone wrong if he had hit the berm instead of just barely going over it. Mitch Payton brought up a good point. Um... After the race to me, I think it was Mitch. Uh, so he eats shit on that quad, right? Almost dies, gets up, goes to the LCQ, 
pulls a start from the LCQ, and the very first lap, he jumps that quad again. Uh, that really impressed Mitch, and I agree. That, that takes some nuts. JT, you've been in that situation. Yeah, I would almost say it's a new era. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, no problem. Uh, and then how about that start, Wygant, in the main event for him from the outside? Yeah, I think uh, that's what it took. They just turned the Davalos model upside down. It worked perfectly. Have everything go as bad as it could possibly go early. Right. And then it will flip to where as bad as it should go in the main, it goes incredibly yeah. well. Right. Like um, the first gate pick gets you the worst start. The worst gate pick gets you the best start. Yeah. What, uh, well, again, I want to get your opinion on this. We talked about it on the show last night. I think, JT, I think you were on there. Uh, is Blake Baggett, is, is this, is, okay, so he comes to Rockstar Suzuki, wins a Supercross race, uh, and I think he gets hurt and doesn't do much else. Uh, the next year he wins a couple of races on Mitch's team, but, uh, you know, finishes fourth in the title near the end. Uh, last year doesn't do well. This year now uh, he's out for the year, Supercross season anyways, um, with an injury. Is this all going to come back to hurt him? Like, do we know how Blake Baggett is as a Supercross racer? Do we know? I mean, is this bad? No, we don't. It is bad. Um in all those ways you said, however, I have overanalyzed this before and realized that there are a lot of 450 teams that want to win or have the potential to win and have slots open. He will not have a problem um, but, with getting on a good team. Now, I'm, I don't know, maybe his salary will be reduced or something like that, but it's not like his career is in any kind of jeopardy, I don't think. Uh, we have not seen a guy who is this much um, better in one discipline than the other, probably since Mike in the early days, Mike Alessi. Yeah, but he's so good at the other one that yep. he's, he's a proven winner or champion. That's all you need. Like, look at all the 450 teams that are out there that want an elite guy. They will take a chance on him. The, and who knows? The right. Supercross isn't a guaranteed disaster. We almost don't even know. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think you can compare it to Mike Alessi. Mike Alessi didn't win a Supercross his first year and didn't challenge for wins after that. I, I don't. Well, Mike's still, that's a really fair comparison. Mike's never won a Supercross, even when 25. Right, that's right? what I'm saying. Yeah, well, he, I don't feel he that's hasn't, fair. Right? He's never won, right? You could say no. that. Right. See, you can fl- like Mike, unfortunately, almost proved, yeah, he's had several shots and it's just not going to happen, whereas Baggett had one good year and then last year wasn't good. So you don't know. It's like, well, maybe he could be good. We just don't know. Whereas Mike, it seemed like, yeah, we know, and it's not good. <laughs> right. Um, um. He'll, he'll be fine. If you're... I mean, think of these new teams. Like, you know Gibbs is going to keep taking swings to try to get a guy that they think can, can, can win races. And you know that uh, Carmichael's team is going to take a swing at a guy like that. And there, there's plenty of teams out there that would take a chance on Blake. And maybe it's not even taking a chance. JT, maybe, maybe it's not even at that level. JT, you think he stays in lights another year, right? I, I think so now with the injury, yes, right, I do. Right. What do you think, Wagant? Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that option. That's right. He actually lucks out by getting hurt this early. Because of the bizarre pointing out rules, right? Right. So, yeah, yeah. Well, we I think we've all gone on the record of saying, stay there as long as you can, right? And why would you not with Tomac moving out um, and yep. Wilson moving out? Why would you not? Yep. What else from the two D class uh, that stuck out for you guys? Um, Seely, uh, Seely is mopping the floor um, of Blake, Blake Baggett. By the way, in case anybody's True. keeping track. Um, True. Jesse Nelson, two hole shots. Uh, Osborne, shoulder injury. 
did pretty well considering he's probably shot up like a Siegfried and Roy Tiger. Um, Joey Savotsky, good in the heat. Are you ever going to get his name right, or are you just doing it on Sav- purpose? Savachi. I, I, I'm really struggling with it, yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought he was a track builder at one point during your yeah, tweets on uh, Saturday night. Yes, I know. Um, Christian Craig. My eyes looks good, huh, Wygant? Oh, man. Whole, his whole program. It's everyone every- he surrounds himself with. Yeah. Yep. Everything, everything he does just reeks of success and delightfulness. Yep. yep. Um. Uh, his girlfriend bought us hot dogs, JT, in the press box. I saw that you're you were very happy about that. Um, what what was going on with him though? He struggled a bit. Uh, he didn't get a, he did not get a good start. Yeah, he was having some issues with that rhythm section too. Kept getting past there. Um, I didn't notice that, but good, good eye. Yeah, um, if you if you watch the race, like to review the tape, he gets he keeps getting past the rhythm um, which one? before the. Just the, just the section before where Anderson and Bill Pota both crashed, that rhythm. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was having a tough time there. Uh, Alessi was about the only big guy, big-name guy, doubling in. Everybody else was tripling in. And I don't think Chiz got that quad where Davalos crashed all night long. How weird is that? Hey, you know what's funny, JT? And, Didn't and, need it, right? Didn't need it. You know what's you know what's funny, JT, is uh, – and you're an ex-racer, and uh, um, you know this uh, better than anybody. I, I – I, Spoke to Chisholm about it, and, and he's a good guy and a, a buddy of all of ours. He told me, he's like, yeah, I don't think I need to do it. I don't think it's any faster. And I'm just, like, looking at him like, uh, yeah, okay. Well, well you do whatever you got to tell yourself right, that's on what, race day. Well, that's what I'm getting at. So this is what you do, right, as a racer. This, yeah. is, this is what you do? It, it probably wasn't a huge – it was, no. definitely was faster. Don't get – you know, yes. there's no denying that. Yes, but it wasn't – Stevie Wonder could see it was faster. <laughs> but if you're not going to do it, then you just got to move on and get through there the best you can. Yeah. So this is just what you tell yourself. Yeah. Pretty like, much. like I tell myself, like those those the the quarter pounder really doesn't have that many calories in it. No, no. It's right. uh, it's it's you know a white sandwich. They don't use real beef. You know. No Correct. Um, you know it's funny, Wygant. Uh, you're an amateur guy, uh, sort of, kind of. Uh, I interviewed I'm definitely Pol- not a professional. <laughs> I interviewed <laughs> Polatelli after the race. And I interviewed uh, Savachki, Savachi. <laughs> now Schlotsky's doesn't he have a deli? I interviewed Schlotsky after the race, uh, or on on the pulp show. I mean, I interviewed both these guys. So Joey is twentieth uh, in the point, or tenth uh, in the points, and Politelli is sixteenth. Uh, They've made both mains. Politelli's in his second year. Joey's in his first year. And I don't know if it's just media bullshit or not, but neither kid is happy. Neither neither guy is happy with their season. They feel like they can be so much better, and it's not going well. What what is it with these kids? You can see it. The new era. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they they expect the parody. You said it. Um, yeah, Savaji was mad when he lost that heat race, huh? You could see the yeah shaking of the head like that wasn't. Hey, I led Tomac all the way to the end, second Supercross ever. Yeah. I'll learn. Right. No, not happy about that. Uh, we probably lost five grand, which doesn't make you feel amazing. Yeah, I yeah, thought heat race bonuses went away. Out. I thought you told me heat race bonuses. Uh, it, just, are... it depends. Not, I mean, I don't know. I was just throwing that in there for a reason. He could be pissed. I, every contract's different. Right. They're not. They haven't completely gone away. That's right. for a fact. I, I would, they're not I would as think prevalent as they were. Five grand or not, I'm sure he's he's pissed because he just wanted to win it, whether there's money on the line or not. So, 
Yeah. You really don't have to worry too much of either of those guys. I mean, at that point in your career, all you have to do is show, like, a flash of brilliance, like, twice in all of Supercross, and you're good to go. I feel like that's what teams really look for, right? It's they weird. don't care if you get ninth every week. They just need you to show, like, speed one time, and you can live off of that. He will have a ride for the next five years off of that heat race. Right. Exactly. So, no reason to be mad. Forget about the results of the points. No one watches that. They just remember, dude, he went fast once. It's funny, yeah, though. Yeah, he basically hit the, he basically hit the ride super lotto in that heat race. Yeah. It's, it's funny, though. how it works, but it is true. Yeah, it's funny. These guys are like that, though. They're just not pumped, you know? Um, and, and I, I guess it's better than settling. I mean, they could be like, yeah, killing it. I made it. I'm 15th in points. Right, right, yeah. Order the Lambo. Give me the Lambo. Yeah, that was, that was my attitude for 20 years, so... <laughs> Yeah, so maybe, maybe this is a good thing. Um, <laughs> well, again, what else did I want you to talk to me about that I want you to remind me about? Oh, you think I actually kept notes on that? No, I guess not, huh? What was no, it? No, no. I have to be your I have to be your conscience. I IM'd him yesterday and said, hey, bring up these things on the podcast. I want to talk about them or remind me. What was it, though? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. A new era. Uh, Clearly, the, the hatred of Trey Kennard. Uh, see what else? Air shock. No, Airport. no, I know what it is. I know what it is. I know exactly what it was. Uh, Why don't you tell us? Um, it's it's twelve thirty. Uh, it's 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 Sunday morning. It's oh, an epiphany. Yes, it is. Uh, probably thirty degrees. Why can't? How cold was it? Oh, yeah. 20 degrees? It wasn't 40. Okay. I'm wearing shorts and a hoodie, and I'm waiting for Chad Reed out there with a bunch of jerky kids that are waiting for his autograph. Um, They got cases of Monster from different teams, and they want Chad to sign the cases. So this tells you the kind of effort these kids are putting into it. They're not even, like, super fans. They just have these cases of free Monster, and they want Chad to sign them. And I'm waiting there, and I'm waiting there. With my microphone, with my backpack, waiting to talk to Chad Reed, who's in a meeting with Honda. Probably, he's probably stabbing Shane Drew over and over with an air fork. You know what I mean? In the in the lounge, it's probably horrific violence going on. I'm checking my Twitter, and like, uh, uh, Jeremy from Red Bull, Jeremy Malott, um, Little D from FMF, they're tweeting about like. First of all, they're tweeting during the race. They're tweeting, um, uh, hey, we're up in Fridays having some drinks or something. You know, come hang out. And then there's a photo of a hot chick and Little D. And then Jeremy's tweeting, hey, Little D, thanks for hanging with me tonight. This is like at midnight or at 1230. Uh, where are we at now or where are we going now? And Little D's like, here we are bumping after the club, after the race in Phoenix. I'm almost 40 years old. I'm freezing my nuts off with some jerky kids that have cases of monster. And I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing sitting here, standing here like an idiot, freezing, waiting to talk to this guy? And Little D and Jeremy and God knows who else. Those are just two names that I was following on Twitter. It could be a bunch of other dudes. I mean, they're just coming in, hanging out, and partying. And just had an epiphany like, I gotta change things up. How do I become one of those guys? How do I do that? You, that's what you want to do. Well, it certainly seemed a hell of a lot better than what I was doing at that moment. 
uh, yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. I don't know that you want you would be happy in that lifestyle, but obviously, do you feel like there's a just, whole undercurrent of people in the industry that are really having a great time at Supercrosses? Yeah, I do, and I think that it's been like that for a long time. I've never been one of those people. I was either working my balls off as a mechanic or now, you know, up in a press box uh, fighting for space and tweeting and and talking about the race and getting interviews and running around and collecting goggles. I got to switch things up, Wygant. I got to get, like, a cooler job. You think Fro? You think Fro is out in the pits freezing waiting to talk to riders? Hell no. Yeah. Well, we've almost made this whole show go full circle if you're going to say that the TV guys weren't doing that. Well, I just I just meant an example of somebody who's having more fun than me, someone who's cooler than but me. But when you were when you were in the press box during practice tweeting about hot dogs, they were out in the in the pits putting new pipes on and delivering Red Bull and all kinds of stuff. Maybe. Maybe. I just thought I was really pathetic standing there with these kids. Well, I probably would have agreed with you, but <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I don't know that you're really missing all that much just from because you're 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 taking people at their word on Twitter of what their life is like. It seems a lot better than mine, you know. Why can't you ever notice? But that, most people uh, when they say when they tell you how great their sorry when most people tell you how great their life is, they're usually trying to justify a reason because they feel it's not. Like I, and and in no means. Do I think, am I slamming you, Wygant, for not being there with me talking to these guys either? Like, I know I've come out of the shower when we've shared a room, and you've been f- fell asleep with your face on the keyboard writing a race that's report. A, that's a weekly Saturday night occurrence. And while you were over there waiting for 30 degrees in front of Reed's trailer, I was doing the same over at Stewart's. So... <laughs> I texted you. You never got back to me, and I was wondering if I was the only... Seriously. Yeah, you was- did. You texted me. It was 11.59. I don't know. Where I had we? lots of layers on. I don't think I heard or felt the vibration. Where were you? Were you in the pit still? I left at twelve oh five. So okay, yes, I was. So you were. Um, All the trucks were yeah, gone. I know like, that when I guys uh, were gone. Like I'm sitting there. Trucks are pulling out. They're moving. I've got to dodge trucks. I'm waiting for this stupid Australian guy. Um, and I'm just there's these idiot kids there, and I'm like, what am I doing? Well. I'm not even going to make the comparison to the other dudes or what they're doing because I, I don't, I don't really know what they're doing. So that's not even fair to me to. Well, they're partying. If you check Twitter, they're partying. Yeah, but I'm not necessarily saying like my goal in life is to just travel city to city and party. So I don't really care about that. I do know that at three in the morning when I did, it's like I can usually go to about one or two and I'm good, and then it all starts to get foggy, and I'm like, great, this is the most critical time now. It's like hour fifteen of the day, but what I write now is going to be slammed if I don't get this right. And I can't think straight anymore because I went to the track at 9, and now it's 3 in the morning. So that's a lot of hours. And I did not proofread the results. I copied and pasted them directly from the promoter of the race, South Motorsports, assuming they have several people proofreading their thing. They've already proofread it, like four times. I know the process. I've helped them in the past. I know they proofread and then you send me a text from Villapoto's mechanic saying, how did Racer X say that Ryan Villapoto is on a Honda? Flashing back to our podcast last week, I knew better, I knew better, I knew that you cannot trust the bike brands or hometowns at this point in the season. And I still let it slip through the cracks because I was in a stupor at 3 in the morning doing this. And that's when I had a similar epiphany saying, 
this is the type of grunt work I could potentially be doing for a long time. We got to change. We got to change. We got to get on the little D, Jeremy Mallott, Jason Thomas bandwagon. Yeah. Yeah. Jason Thomas, I don't think that you're aware of what I'm going through. I am uh, informing VIPs. I'm pampering. I'm, you know, buying them refreshments, telling them all the inside of the race. Not really sure that you okay. have my relationship and theirs. We gotta get, uh, we gotta get my lot, little D lifestyles going on. That's my that's my goal. We we need to stop standing in the pits till one in the morning in in thirty degree weather. Couldn't agree a, more. But I, I did you ever get your case of monster signed? I outlasted every one of those buggers except for one kid. <laughs> one kid would not was still there. The whole team read was inside the truck with the doors closed. Tate doesn't count. <laughs> no, it wasn't Tate. Uh, <laughs> there was one kid in, in, still, and I'm just like, I looked at him, and he looked at me. It's like a Western showdown, and then I bailed. <laughs> a, tum- a tumbleweed blew by, and uh, and I left. But anyways, uh, that's it for the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by our friends at ThorMX. ThorMX, the clothing of choice for uh, Ryan Villapoto and the uh, Pro Circuit Cowie team, who, is do- who are doing stellar so far. Um, that's the mission. Why can't let's get to be more like Little D and Jeremy? The problem is, uh, I ran through all the ways to begin doing that, and I've come up with absolutely zero strategies to get us there. You just there need a dad there. that There's is not incredibly smart and makes it. really good products. Step one: We resign from Racer X. Yeah, because you know what? I will say that RaceRex did have an employee that was hanging out with a Batici on Friday. It's all day Saturday. <laughs> I, think, I think we can't move forward until we cut the cord with when, RaceRex. When I saw him a lot uh, on Saturday afternoon, he said, Hey, man, football games are going to start. You want to come to TGI Fridays and hang out with us? And I'm like, Nah, I got to do a practice report. I got to tweet and all this stuff. And he's like, <laughs> Davey's coming up with us. And I'm like, That's why I do this. <laughs> <laughs> You're like exactly why I have to go do this. Um, we got. I be- said I can't exactly call Davey and say, "Don't go to TGI Fridays." Tweet practice. <laughs> this weekend, I'm showing up with a pacifier and glow sticks, so to fit in with the crowd I want to belong with, and they'll find me, and then I will begin my journey to the one of those people that look like they have much more fun at Supercross races than I do. So. Um, all right, guys. Uh, thanks very much for doing it. The podcast uh, Phoenix wrap up, and uh, I'm sure same time, same place uh, next week. Uh, if I'm still working for Racer X, same with Wygant. We may be with some other companies that party better. You could, you could always work for DMXS with this kind of podcast. Yes, good idea. All right, thanks, Weej. I think thanks. JT's putting his his, uh, his um, business life in his own hands by doing these podcasts too. So we could all be unemployed by the time. That's a good point. Show. That's a good point. <laughs> he could get busted doing these at work. And uh, we want to party more. And uh, just like that, the podcast will be gone. We will be looking like Barsha. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Probably see you next week. See you. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to find the more than 200-episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix. 